The wait is over. New episodes of The Walking Dead Season 10 are premiering early February 21st on AMC+. Don't miss the extended 10th season featuring six new episodes, each focused on fan-favorite characters. Prepare for all new high-stakes showdowns and emotional reckonings by catching up on the latest season before new episodes drop. With season binges, exclusive content, and early access to new episodes, the best Walking Dead experience is only on AMC+. Get lost in the Walking Dead universe today. Available ad-free and on demand. Sign up at amcplus.com. AMC+, only the good stuff. Hey, it's Mark Roberts. Welcome to Let's Get Into Entertainment. It's the business of entertainment. Always the business Every of day, entertainment. Every day, all the time. I kind of like your approach, Roberts, because it's almost like you do this thing where you go, you notice this, David, if he goes to the side, like he's going to sing, like. That's how he starts uh, when he starts to play piano. Porque yo quiero que te vayas. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah, he, he warms up his uh, yeah. mind fingers. Yeah, he does. He does. That's what it is. Can I tell you what we're going to talk about today? Tell me. This I'm is going to be a really great show because we're going to talk about expectation. You know, when you're in the business and you're writing a script, or better yet, when you're thinking about being in the business and you you think you have a great idea and you write a script or you want to be a director and you're getting your first job or you thought of an idea and you're collaborating with someone else and then all of these deals come to a head to where you're going to make them, today we're going to talk about what you should be expecting in those deals so that you're not disappointed. A lot of deals fall apart because of expectation. So you get an offer, you don't think it's enough because you thought you were going to get rich, you thought it was going to be a lot more, someone else is making more than you. Today we're going to talk about how to manage the expectation of what you think you're going to make as a content creator, uh, whether you're a writer, director, whatever. And we're going to talk about Made in Mexico, which you finished and we screened. No, we're 95% there, but you foos got to watch, like sit down and watch. That was the first time I've seen it all played out too. So we watched... Made in Mexico, which has been a year-long struggle to finish, and it is done, or almost done, and we watched it, and we're going to talk about all that when we get back. That's what's up. Welcome to Let's Get Into Entertainment. We're going to talk about the business of entertainment today, Teddy. I think we talk about that every time. David, Dave, thanks for being here. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate you. Good to see your lovely faces. Good yeah. to see uh, Tootie. Tootie, how are you? How have you been? I'm well. I'm, I'm, I'm on a cloud. I'm on a cloud. You are? Yeah, after Saturday. Watching my movies all strung out like that. I could see that. Feast together. And I went home and watched with my wife. Got hammered on some uh, flying embers. Oh. Yeah. Good night. Well, what Tootie is talking about is that we watched his movie from beginning to end. The movie is called Made in Mexico. And it stars Rod Tootie Rinks. It stars Lilo Brancato. Who else does it star? Joey Medina. Robert Arevalo. Right. Those guys were great. Mario Lopez's cameo in it. Sure. Yeah. From where I sat, the movie was pretty amazing. I mean, for $15,000, I was very impressed. I thought the story was strong. I thought... How was the writing? The writing was good. I was, pretty, I was pretty strong. impressed. I mean, strong. I, think, I think you've got a movie, for sure, like that you watch and you're entertained by, and the characters are great. Lilo's amazing in it. You're pretty good in it. Well, thanks. A lot of the characters <laughs> that are not... Real actors that you have in it did a really great job. So you never feel like you're watching something that's a complete amateur hour. Yeah. You know, a lot of times with independent film, you watch something and you're like, you're just hoping that it you want to get through that scene. works, you know, because you love the person who did it. But I think you did uh, a good job. I mean, I think you proved that you should be 
producing, writing, directing, acting in in product. You Thank know, you, Roberts. Sure. Thank you. A little validation right there. Look at that. I concur. Not that my word means anything, hey, but I, of no. course it does, Davy Dave. You're an you're an audience member yeah. just like I am. I when you and Lopez when you guys were laughing out loud at some of those things, I was like, all right, yeah, that's what's up. It was <laughs> funny. It was well done, well put together, well produced, um, and it was entertaining to the point where. You captured me through the entire thing. I wanted to know what happened. I wanted to know how it ended. Ending was a little quick, though. I got to. I got to do. I got to kind of stretch. Yeah, a you have bit. a little bit of surgery to do, but it's not massive. It's kind of outpatient. You know, yeah, you get you in go. there and you do it for a day, and you and you go home, take a little Vicodin, and you're ready to go the next day. Damn, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. No oxies. I yeah. don't need them. No, 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 no oxies. <laughs> Maybe just, just a little, little CBD. I'll little, be good. Yeah, there you go. that's it, and you're ready to go. But um, but yeah. So look. If you're tuning in and you don't know what we're talking about, Tootie made a movie for $10,000 or attempted to about a year ago. And that movie went from 10000 to 15000 Yep. And you... And I got to get more money, though, because I got hit up today for those uh, drone footage. <laughs> Remember oh, really? that you were asking about oh, that? Really? I thought you paid for it. I paid for half of it. I paid, okay. you know, I paid... Ended up paying a little more than I was hoping for, but it was really good. Dude, it changed the face of your movie. It opened it up. You you feel like you're watching a big movie. So he's been doing this film for about a year at an indie level. He got a star to be in it for, you know, now look, I'm not going to give you any numbers, but you do the math. Movies costing a little more than 15,000. He got Lilo Brancato, who's a big star from The Sopranos, from... Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Bronx, Bronx Tale. Tale. Bronx Tale. So this guy's a really, really big star. And he's in your movie and he has a he has a great role. He plays a great character. Really entertaining. After a year of doing what you've been doing, you finally come to the finish line. And the finish line, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you to get to the point where you're now done with this? Pretty much it's cost you a pound of flesh. Let's not kid ourselves, yeah. right? I mean, if you don't have money, it's costing you something else. Yeah. Grays, all kinds of stuff, stress, <laughs> alcoholism, the whole bit, you know, go down the list. Um, what do I do now, Roberts? I go to you for advice. And I knew Roberts was excited when he stood up and he did, you know, his reset, you know, when he does the reset and yeah. then he said, here's how, here's how you got to market this. I was like, oh shit, this is the re- direction. I'm getting direction from the master over here because yep. he sees something in it. No, I thought, I, I thought was like, you, okay. I, and then I got the text the next morning, which meant. You thought about it at night, too. That's true. I did. I woke up the next morning thinking, you know what? That was a good job. If you're someone who wants to make movies and you're out there trying to figure out if you can do it for 10 or 15 or 20 grand, you Don't can do it. do it. No, I mean, you look, <laughs> you, you, can, but you, it's hard. you can do it. It's not a look. It's a thankless thing to do what you did. It's not like people are patting you on the back for the full year. You do your script which is sort of like almost like doing yoga, right? It's like a meditative sort of thing. You get into it. You feel good about yourself. You do your story and you do the movie. And while you're in production, it's like a super high, right? You're like Like really excited and everyone's excited because you feel like you're doing something special. And then you get into post and the whole thing falls apart. Exactly. Yeah. And it's sad because, you know, you get, you give someone your movie and then it gets kind of lost for a month. It gets lost for a second month. Then you look at it and you're like, oh, it's an it's a complete disaster. Yep. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just when you're doing it with nothing, that's what it feels like. You know, an editor like Rich Alarcon or Michael Miller, you know, I could probably name a few, but editors like that that don't do anything but edit great movies, work with great directors, get their movies picked up by Sundance. Richard Alarcon 
you know, has won a couple of music video awards. He's worked with Katy Perry. He's worked with Pitbull. Yeah, so you've got someone who is literally the best at what he does in the cutting area. So why would you sit down then and tell that editor how to cut? I wouldn't. And that's why I said, do your thing. Cause I knew that he was, yeah. well, I was at a point where nothing wrong with my cut before. It just, I'm not an editor. I needed somebody. It's okay. A wait, hang on, hang on. Nothing wrong with your cut before. So you could have gone with that one. You could have shown it to us last night. It would have been fine. No. Right, so uh, then you guys, something wrong uh, with yes, the cut before. Yes. But I guess my point is, is You're trying it's to be a nice. collaborative effort. I am the collaborative effort. And homeboy came in with his skills and and just crushed it. Crushed it. You thank, got, thank God. Yeah. yeah you got to be fair, you know, because you can do lots of things in this business, but you have to be honest about your product. You have to be honest about the people working on your product. And you have to make adjustments so that you can do the best you can do to get a sellable piece of work. Because the last thing you want is to make a movie and put it up on a shelf somewhere and have it be like a coaster or have it be on your desktop, on your computer, and have no one watching it, right? That's yeah. not why you do this. Why do you do this? Why did you make the movie? What's the point? Are you getting deep on me right now? <laughs> throwing a stern, throwing a stern <laughs> on you. Why did you do it? What's the point? Um, people want to know. People want to know? Okay. People, I'm going to tell you why I did it. Because I felt like it. Because I want to make movies. I like making movies. I like telling stories. I like telling, uh, I like being involved in the process. That's why I did it. Are you going to do it again? course what's next what else is there i mean yeah i got no, no. kids i got a life and all that but what else am i gonna do you know i mean that's what i like to you do. enjoy the process i, I enjoy, enjoy the, the process, process yeah. you know i can't I sing or enjoy, dance i also enjoy drinking beer you know one's better <laughs> for you than the other right. <laughs> making movies is a little bit better for you sometimes uh so no of course i'm gonna do it again yeah and you know maybe hopefully i'll be as lucky and have a good product and maybe i won't i'm sure i'm gonna have a bad product eventually well, it doesn't matter. Well, we're all going to do it, Robert. So why do you make movies? Because I can't sing or dance. You can't actually sing. I can't sing yet. and dance. And you can't. No, you can't dance. <laughs> I, I can see, play the piano, though. You can play the piano like a motherfucker, though. Yeah. <laughs> I could go play in a piano bar. Yeah. Um, we're going to make your movie next. No, I th- look, the, the question. The, Did you see how you avoided that? I don't know. The question was sincere. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people sit in their living rooms at a bar with a friend or, you know, you're thinking, I have this great idea and... I watched movies when I was a kid and they were inspiring and I want to make them. And then you go out and make them. And then what? Right. I can't tell you this though, what this podcast has taught me and you as well. I used to have an idea for a movie and it was really just a scene maybe or an act. And I would say, this is going to make a great movie. And I would spend all this time writing and trying to flesh it out and do all this. You got to have like made in Mexico. There's, you know, there's a purpose to the story. Like it's about this guy realizing who he is and, and what he has. Right. And you have to make, I know you're all about high concept, you know, okay, okay, we get it over here, high concept. <laughs> but you also have to tell, you have to, you have to have a purpose to your story, I feel. Like there has to be a reason why you want to make this film or tell this story. Because if you don't, if it's just something that's cool and you want to like, you like shoot out and shootouts and stuff like that, make a cool action movie, that's just not me. I know guys that are like that, but it has to have purpose. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm going into my character right now. From Here, here's, <laughs> from well, look, this is, this is a very, very difficult subject, right? Because everyone does what they want to do for different reasons. You know, some filmmakers make it because they want to prove they can do it. Some filmmakers make it because they know 
they're Robert Rodriguez and they know that they're, that they should, that they're the best that there's ever been at something and they go out and prove it like Robert did. Yeah. Robert could take your iPhone probably and cut the shit out of a 15 minute short and make it like one of the best shorts you've ever seen in your life simply because he's got a vision like that and you would watch it and nine out of 10 people would say like, that's the most incredible editing I've ever seen. But there's different reasons for doing what you do. And, you know, I wasn't going to get into this, but I think the thing about this business is, again, it's a business. Mm-hmm. Now, if, you're, if someone's listening, how are you going to do that and with your movie? So with a movie, because I thought about this, with a movie, you got to make the product, which is your film, and then there's things called festivals that you submit it to. Because, look, even if I make a pair of jeans and I take it downtown to one of the showrooms Yeah, and I got a connection with the sales rep in one of the, in the Cooper building, that's a building that's notorious for, you know, fashion. And I go in there and I show the sales rep and he's like, Hey, you're so-and-so's brother. Cool. Let me check out your jeans. Mm. I don't know, man. I don't think I, I got too many pairs of black jeans already. You know, go, you can go down the hall, try this. Like nothing's, you could have the best jeans in the world. Doesn't mean they're going to buy them right then and there. You know, you can make a great movie. Well, no, if you make a great movie, you make a great movie. <laughs> but you still have to get it out there, and people still have to like it. So festivals is a great way to be seen. I think now with the platforms and all those other things that you can go, you could take it out and try to get it on there. Quiver, I think Quiver is great for filmmakers because mm-hmm. now you could just pay a fee and you could get it on Amazon. And then it's all about marketing. That's the most important thing. Like I told you before, this guy, I don't know him, Lopez does, he made this series called Grave Gravesend or Gravestone or something, uh, and he it was number one on Amazon Prime, and he marketed the shit out of it. He utilized his resources and and people that he knew, and you know, Amazon, it, it's it's money right back at you, right? Like when people go on and buy your movie, that comes directly to you. So there's a way to do it. You just got to know the hustle. I was looking up online. Uh, about Amazon Direct, and I think they do. They are now um, filmmaker friendly. You can get your product up on Amazon, and it, yeah, and the the money goes directly into your bank account. Um, but it's your job to market. Like they're not going to market for you. No, no one's going to market for you. And hopefully, it's a new era where you can use Instagram and all kinds of social media to get get your get the word out. And you know, I was talking about this with uh, Love and Betrayal on the Forest. You know, you try to light a fire and you're rubbing two sticks together. And, you know, if you can, if it can get lit, then a bunch of people start recommending your film and then sky's the limit. Anything's possible. But one thing I had to ask myself, which is the whole point of this conversation, is what, do you, what is it that you want to be doing in the business, right? If the point of making movies is to work at the top of your game or at the top of the industry, then how are you going to arrive there? You're going to make a movie there. Someone's going to see your talent there. Someone's going to offer you a job or you're going to get to do more of it at the level that you want. If no one sees it and you make a bunch of money doing it, is that okay? Like you got to ask yourself what it is that you're doing in the business because it is, we call this podcast, the business of entertainment, right? There is a business to what everyone is doing. And there is a bunch of people making a bunch of money. And a lot of times the filmmakers don't make any money. Yeah. You make your movie, it goes to an agent, that agent sells it to a distributor, that distributor then sells it all over the world, everyone's got their hands involved in it, by the time you see or your investors see any money, you didn't make any money. 
And then that movie's on a shelf now. And product is moving so quickly that now a movie goes up and it's gone in yeah. like a week or two. You know, before you was you had a lead way, right? You, oh, remember that movie? Like in December, it's June. Let me check that out. And it would still be there, like properly promoted. But yeah, I think you have to be very careful about what it is that you think you're doing in the business. See yourself. If I'm going to give any advice, I'm going to say, see yourself at the end. Where is the end game for you? What is the point of you making a movie? Where do you see yourself when it's over? If you can't see yourself at the end of it, like where you're supposed to end up, then don't do it. That's my advice. Because if you're hoping somewhere in the game, you throw that ball up and it lands in someone's hands that makes a difference in your life, then that's such a gamble. I think if you know why you're doing it, at least if you see yourself at the end, then you'll know what bucket to get into. You'll know what line to get into. You don't randomly go get into a line and not know where it's going, right? No one does that. You go get in a line because, oh, that one's going to go get me a soda. That one's going to get me a popcorn. What line are you in? And at the end of it, where do you see yourself? If you, can a- for Modelo, <laughs> <laughs> if you can answer that the question, right the beer line, yeah. If you can answer that question, I think you're going to be way ahead of the game because then all of your moves will be to get you to where you see yourself ending up, whether you're a film, whether you're a director, whether you're a writer, whether you're a filmmaker, whatever you are, see yourself at the end and that will determine your moves. Like, where's this movie going? What's the point of me doing this? I just want to impress everyone around me. Okay. Well that that's a, that's a lane. If that's the lane you're in, that's fine lane, which is how we're going to get to the next piece, which is expectation. But before we get to expectation and what you can expect, let's talk about extreme music. I was just gonna. I was just gonna talk about that because exactly. we use a lot of the music. Did you recognize some of those tracks? I did, and they were amazing. In fact, yeah. I think I turned to you and said, "Do not use a composer because these tracks in this movie, made in Mexico, were amazing. It 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 flowed well. It had a good uh, pickup. It had a good like ethnic, yeah. you know, beat to it. Everything was sort of right on. I think." Uh, I Even like the Western, good. like he did some Western, did you some know? Some spaghetti stuff, Some yeah. spaghetti shit in it because they're on the ranch. And all that's ExtremeMusic.com. Yeah. So Russ, again, this amazing website called ExtremeMusic.com, it's a platform where composers from all over the world write different styles of music for comedies, for spaghetti restaurants, yeah. for, for dramas, for thrillers. And you go there and you download them and you put them into your movie. And if you're satisfied with them, you go make a deal with Russ and Russ gives you a, you know, one fee Yep. and you get to put those in your, in your movie and you can negotiate it for just streaming. You can negotiate it for the whole world, every media. Yeah. You can negotiate it just for free TV, like whatever you've got DVD, whatever you're doing, you can negotiate these, these songs for those deals. Yeah. I did it for actually everything I've done in the past couple of years has been extreme music and it's pretty remarkable. I got to tell you, that's a business. And when I get Russ back on the show, I want to find out what his end game was. How did he figure out that a website like ExtremeMusic.com was going to turn into like this juggernaut of a company that is supplying amazing music to like Sons of Anarchy and commercials for Reese's and your movie and my movie and Davey Dave's movies. And Joel, I got a call with Joel tomorrow, Joel and Sammy, and he's using, well, he did your movie. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so uh, he did Feliz Navidad, right? He did. Uh, he did Navidad. He did uh, Carlos Almaraz playing with fire. He yeah. did um, Love and Betrayal on the Force. I forget the name of that one. <laughs> uh, Love and Betrayal on the Force. He did for me. He's you know he's the he's the best in the biz, man. I should get a good deal then. Yeah, 
yeah. with Russ. Russ, you're our boy. Russ, continue the good work. We will continue to send people to you, and I'm going to keep using uh, using uh, extrememusic.com for everything I do. That's right. Let's get back to it. After hearing this conversation, is it bringing you down to hear no, about? No, not at all. I'm on, I'm on cloud nine right now, player. Why are you on? You cloud? can't bring bring me down. Why are you on cloud nine? Why? <laughs> because it's it's a it's a um. What's the point of this podcast? Expectations. Well, this one today, yes. Yes. So, when you're making a movie, you're creatively producing a product, and you hope that your product is liked by people, right? You know, you you make a pair of jeans. You hope they fit everybody nicely. Nice and snug, but not too much. Especially the ladies. And I got a good response from you guys. I got home. My wife, my wife pulls no punches with me because I'm 46 and she don't want me playing around. <laughs> she watched it and she, she's told me in the past on certain things. She's like, mm, not your best stuff. Other things, she goes, wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. She watched it. She sat there and afterwards she was like, that was really good. You did a really good job, you know, and, and everybody was really good in it and the whole bit. It kind of validated my hard work because I don't know. Like this whole last year has been ups and downs. Let that know? be the jumping board, the springboard. Yeah, let it, you know, I've gone through all emotions this last year. Like, mm, what the fuck nice. am I doing? Am I too old to join the police department? Well, I don't want to be a cop right now, but, you know, it goes, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you go through the whole thing. Is UPS hiring? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the whole bit. Yeah, you do. So, um, so it, it's kind of like, you know, I'm cool right now. One, one piece of advice I gave you that I think I would take is you have the ability to release this film to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And not a lot of filmmakers have that opportunity. Yeah. Most filmmakers make a movie and they literally have no idea where it's going to go. You yeah. go to festivals and, and look. I'm, I'm and not- if I didn't have that, I don't know if I would be doing it. To be completely honest with you, as much as I love doing it, I know that I have platforms in which I can get a lot of exposure as long as I'm creating a product that people will like. Yeah. Well, you're smart. You're smart. You have Mario Lopez as, uh, as a partner in it. You have Wiser as a partner, but both those guys have been on this podcast. So, you know, they're doing big business together and separately. Um, got Lilo, you got Lilo in it. So you have a name that you could advertise and, and say he was in these other things and he might have a fan base. A lot of people interested in his career and what's next. So you have all these cool elements. Plus, you have a partner that's going to put you on a platform so that millions of people could potentially see and rent your movie. So I would say you should finish that business without fail. Just go forward as if that was the only thing that you planned on doing was releasing it on this platform where millions of people are going to get the opportunity to rent it. And then after you've done that business, which is the whole point of what you've done, then you move forward and you release to maybe Quiver and you put it on Google Play and you put it on you know Amazon, every, Amazon yeah, everywhere else. But I think that that's the play be, because even the platform that you're going to go on, can you mention what it is? Uh, the Hotel Channel. Yeah. So even that platform, which is the Hotel Channel, you're going to be able to have people see the advertisement yeah. and then go home and then see it on Google Play and be like, oh, I saw that. On the it's hotel actually channel. in the movie. Did you see? Yeah, I saw the movie yeah. with Mario. Yeah. It, you know, that's so. The so people, it it'll serve as an advertisement too. Yeah. People will go home and go like, "Hey, I saw. It. I didn't get a chance to rent it because I was only there for a day, but I'm going to rent it now from Google Play or iTunes." So, you have a great opportunity. You should take it. You should move it forward. You should not think about anything else. I only suggested uh, festivals because 
uh, festivals are a good way to meet people, you know, a good way to let people see what you're doing and, and talk about And you know, I would love film. to do fest Like, a festival's always been a dream of mine. I wanted to go and the whole bit. The But it's all virtual now. Yeah. You, you got to wait a while. If they come back, of course, I would love to, just, just for the connections, just mm-hmm. to go and sit in theaters and watch I would love film. to. <sighs> I would love to. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, all right. Well, congrats. Uh, I would. Uh, I want to get into. I want to turn left a little bit and talk about expectation, because a lot of deals are dead in this town because of what you expected to get offered or expected to get. As a producer, you go into a potential deal and you partner with people, and you know you get an offer from the studio or whoever you've decided to make the movie with, and. You're never satisfied, right? You think it should be more or someone else is making more than you. You need to be careful how you deal with the expectation of getting offers because there is a system in the business, right? And that system is what would what did you work for last? That's why unions are so so cool. I mean, you, there's no producers union, but or, or there is there's one. There's a guild, right? Well, there's a producers guild, but it's it doesn't really govern what you make. It governs the credits. But, uh, but, you know, like the Director's Guild, the Actors Guild, they all have bases to where your money starts. And a lot of times people are willing to be like, oh, okay, good, the scale. I'll take scale. It's my first year starting to work. And then as you move up the ladder, you start making more money. And if you think about that system, you're, it's a lot easier to make deals for yourself because there's no there's no scale for producers. You know, there's no scale for indie directors, right? Everyone in the indie world are just doing it because they want to do it. But then all of a sudden you get an offer and you're not satisfied because it's not enough money. Or sometimes you end up working on a movie that you raised all the money for and you don't get paid at all. There was a producer that I met along the way and I noticed his credits on IMDb. I noticed that he was an associate producer on something. He was a co-producer on something else. He was a producer, an executive producer. He had like literally credits on every level. And even though he had been a producer and an executive producer, his latest couple of things were associate producer credits. And I found it interesting. And I remember talking to him and saying, how is it that you have so many different credits and you're not just a producer? And he said, because every deal is different. Every deal brings different people on the project. So if there's a producer on there and I can help him make it, and the only available credit is an associate producer, I'll take it. He goes, I'm not attached to credit. He goes, I'm attached to getting paid for the amount of effort that I'm putting into a movie. Mm. So if I'm putting um, an enormous amount of effort into a movie then, and I'm getting paid properly, then I will uh, take a producer credit because that's what's due. If I'm only helping you out with it, I can take an associate, make a little bit less money, and then you guys have to do all the work. Uh, yeah. So I was fascinated by that, and I thought to myself, that's what – you need to do to be a working producer in this town. You need to be willing to help out on any level, as long as you're getting paid and depending on what you're doing, that decides your credit. And depending on what you're getting paid, that decides how much work you're going to get, which, or I'm sorry, how much work you're going to do. And then it deciphers everything else. But a lot of times you'll get into a deal and let's say it's your first time. um, It's your first time selling to an indie outfit, like, Warner Independent or, um, you know, or Lionsgate. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be like $10 million movie. And let's say you've never produced anything at the studio level. 
Well, that money is not going to be what you think it's going to be, right? Because if you're working with a producer or a director that's done it before, their rates are going to be higher. Yeah. And your rate's going to be at the lowest rung because you've never done anything like that. So it's not an equal thing, right? It's a where have you been? What have you done? If it's all indie, I could have made 10 indie movies and still not get paid more money at a studio level because I hadn't done a studio movie. So they don't recognize. Let's say you went off and did an indie film and you paid yourself 200000 for it. And then you went to a studio for the first time and they're like, oh, you made 200000 good for you, but we're going to pay you eighty for producing the movie or forty, or 25 You know, it could go as low as 25 so, Then you say, but this is a studio. This is like a $10 yeah, million movie. I should what be the- making more. And they're like, wow. Well, they're like, well, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't do that. And it's all based on the business and the work that you had done before for either a studio or another studio. And they check your quotes. They'll call that other studio and say, what did Rod make when he worked on Star Wars? Oh, he made, you know, 330000 Okay, cool. So then, you, then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, we'll pay you three thirty because you made three thirty. Or, well, you know, oh, this one is your idea, so we'll pay you 400 Yeah. But you have, these are big numbers that I'm talking about and not always are they real numbers, you know? They want to pay you as little as possible because they want as much money on the screen as possible. If you've been around for a while, you're like Lopez and you're, you know, all of his famous friends that are all on shows and they're all getting paid tens of thousands of dollars a week, then yeah, you're going to go make a deal with a studio and they're going to pay you more. Now, if they're going to go do an indie project with you, yeah. And you've got a hundred thousand for your budget entirely. They're not going to ask you for what they make on a weekly basis. They're going to, you're going to say, I'll give you $500 for the day. And they're going to go like, okay. Yeah. Based on. Yeah. Do it on a Tuesday. The material. Working. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're going to base it on the material. I'm sure people want me to say, what did, how did I decide to do it? Well, I decided to do it by collaborating with others and figuring out that I really wanted to work under the banner of a studio or a network. That was my interest. I wanted to produce product that I knew where it was going and was going to be marketed properly. And the way I chose to do that was teaming up with other producers and talent that were much bigger than I so that I can jump on the coattails, learn a little something, and then move myself into a more important position. That was my plan. Hasn't worked yet. <laughs> you're fine. You're I'm on, the on way. my way. You're on the way. Take it easy. No. There's picture deals. I'm, I'm multiple picture deals that are in the making. Lifetime is a network. <laughs> yes, there's a network. There's a bucket you're putting yourself in right there. Look, it was least Navi Dad. And you do and you do need a little a little help. You need a little loyalty from the people that you're working with. And you need to also be loyal to the people that you're partnering up with. So if you can find a way to continue to head in the direction that the Horses going, which, and for me, it was, you know, working with uh, certain people, heading into genres that maybe I wouldn't normally be heading into, but oh. because, you know. Are you going to come into the uh, coming of age? Ma- that- no. <laughs> come on, I don't understand this. I'm not doing coming of age. But, you, but just to put a button on this, I think that if you can see yourself doing certain stories and doing them in a certain place and doing them with certain people, you're going to be much further ahead than just doing it and figuring that the only reason you're doing it is because you want credit or you want people to pat you on the back or you want someone to say you're talented. Look, all of those things are reasons that people do this business, but the bottom line is it's just not good enough. And if that's the hang up, then find a way to 
focus your energy on something else. Focus your energy on where you want to end up as a creative professional. And then don't get caught up on how much money that represents or what credit you're supposed to get at the beginning. Just keep working hard and be noticed for what you have to offer. And then at some point someone turns to you and says, you can handle this and you go and handle it. And that changes the course of your life. Always know why you're doing a project. Know who you are. My wife said this the other day. I thought that's what it's all about. She said to me, I know who I am. I know who I am as a creator. I know who I am when I pitch and I know who I am as a professional. Therefore, no matter what people say, no matter what people are doing, I trust myself. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. Know what you bring to the table. Be confident about those things. And you will go very, very far. It's when you don't know who you are and you're trying to work yourself into everything and you don't know how it's going to work and you don't know why you're trying to work yourself into it. Well, yeah, those things don't end up working out. Know yourself. Know what you bring. I thought he was going to say, my wife said, do you happen to have any gray poop on? My wife said, excuse me, sir, <laughs> but I won't be able to attend <laughs> the, the, the ball festivities, festivities tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will have to excuse myself from the bocce ball festivities. Um, but that was I, Roberts, by the way, this weekend with his wife at the house. I want to be really optimistic as we, as we close this one You're up. You're always optimistic. I want to be optimistic. Anything's possible. Um, but Did just, he make it a good movie? It's yeah. possible. Dude, you made, you made a <laughs> you great movie. You made a Thank great you. movie. Thank you, fellas. It means a lot. You Thank you. have a distributor. Yes. You have a plan. Yes. Stick to your plan. Finish what you started. Yes. And don't hesitate to do exactly what you were planning on doing. Don't get caught up in like, oh, maybe there's a festival. Maybe there's stick to the plan. And then maybe under your next movie, you deal with it on a different level. But you had a plan. Don't lose sight of your plan. Distribute that thing. Let us all see it. Let us all go rent it on the hotel channel if that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, for you, it was probably uh, a bit terrifying to put it out, how we watched it on that big screen, you know what yeah. I mean? And well, thank it, God, Dave. Glory. I know, and Davey Dave, uh, IT guy over here, because we were after going to watch it on an iPad, and Davey Dave, because, <laughs> of course, Lopez lost his remote, you know, yeah, yeah. how many years ago, and he, he don't know. He's like, I don't know how to do this, and Davey Dave hooked it up. There's Robert's, always a way. Yeah, there's always a way. So we watched it on the big screen. It was great, man. What do we got coming? We got Feliz Navidad will be screening on Lifetime November 21st, which is a Saturday, which is amazing because you get to get your popcorn. You get to go have your whole day at the beach, and then you show up at home all sunburned. Wait, November? <laughs> November in California? Come on. But you're right. It's the whole United States is going to get to watch it. So you go get, you spend your day doing whatever you're doing get in your November, chocolate, get your hot your chocolate, frosty. Yeah. Get your, uh, get your popcorn. And on November 21st, you get to watch Feliz Navidad starring Mario Lopez and the distinguished man. And the distinguished man. You love, you love when I wave. On That's it. amazing. <laughs> hey. Uh, anyway, you guys got to watch that cause Titty is in it and he also did makeup and he also helped produce. Next one, Davey Dave's going to be in. Don't take um, what else do we got? We got, um, yeah, David Dave's going to be in it for sure. Uh, oh, okay, there we he, go. He could do lines, mijo. Could yeah, do I lines. could do lines. David Dave, hey, magnifico. Magnifico. Hey. Uh, I want to um, shout out to Johnny Porsche and uh, Love and Betrayal on the Fourth, which is still on uh, Amazon. iTunes, Amazon, yeah. Google Play, YouTube Movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, YouTube Movies? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed, but yeah, you can rent it there. Um, and then you, hopefully we see something come out of that. Because that's a story that should be told into a 
Well, I haven't, um, I haven't gotten the amounts of money and amount, uh, amounts of people that have watched Love and Betrayal on the Force on Quiver yet, but I believe it's coming. I want to share it. You know, yeah. I, want, I want people to know because we got on Access Hollywood. We did promos yeah. with Davey Day. We did promos all over the place. We had Frankie Quinones doing promos for me. I had Be Real. Yeah. Lopez. Lopez yeah. did a big promotion for me. You know what's interesting about, about that? I got a ton of promotion. I have no idea how it's doing. I'm going to find out soon. Yeah. But what was interesting about Instagram, and if you're listening, this is really, really key. Now, Lopez did a post for me. Mm-hmm. His fans are active because thousands of them commented and liked it, and it turned into a direct, you know, people went to rent it and they commented on that they saw it or oh, they yeah. were getting it that Good. night. And Frankie Quinones has a very active fan base too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I did have a few other people post for me that I thought had big numbers too. Yeah. And I didn't get the same oh, interest. Bots? I don't know. Yeah. That's a, so it made me believe that there's an active, yeah. uh, there's an active group of people and then there's a non-active group. So you got to figure out your demographic. Yeah. You got to figure yeah. out your demo yeah. and whether or not it fits. You know, I had a friend of Davey Dave who was going to help me and do a post for me, but right. he was very honest. He said to me, I just don't know that you're going to get much out of. Which is true. They're, that's yeah. exactly what you're saying. I, w- I might not get, a, you might not get anything out of me posting for you. And I thanked him and I appreciated it. And yeah. he was like, you know, I don't want to take your money and have it not work out for you. So I think you should definitely, if you're going to promote like that, find a way to talk to um, influencers. Yeah. Talk to influencers about what they think their fan base yeah. is using. I, I advertised on Irate Masterminds for a month. Did extremely well. They're irate over there. You got to yeah. be careful. A lot of people. Yeah. And by the way, you guys should listen to it. We got, I, I want to I talk about a couple. We got Irate Masterminds, which is a great podcast. Yep. You should listen to you guys are foos having a good time. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then you got uh, Rick Nahara doing uh, Nahara in America. Yeah, America True. That's right. So you guys should go Maybe check Dave that out. That that's some comedy. True. They got some comedy going. He's very smart, political. He hosted one of our shows. Um, but those two are two of my favorites. I think you guys should check them out too. Uh, and support, man. Support some other uh, podcasts. Lopez and Kim got the three knockdowns. Yeah, three knockdowns. Oh, they yeah. don't need no help, dude. They got a bunch of people <laughs> listening to them. <laughs> Whoever came up with that concept is a genius. Genius. Yeah, yeah. they should, really should be doing something with that. Yeah, yeah. I know, man. <laughs> they should work with that creator again. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here uh, today. To t- I, I wanted to make this show about you, Tootie, and I wanted to talk about Thank expectation you. for other independent filmmakers that are out there. Talk about, you know, getting in the right line and seeing yourself at the end of the finish line and, yeah. you know, be a deal maker. Don't get caught up in how much you should be making and what your credit should be and how much power you should have. Get out there, collaborate, do a couple, you know, and maybe take less money, maybe take less of a credit collaborate take the lower seat figure out how it's done and then step up all right guys well thank you again and we'll see you next time on let's get into entertainment the business of entertainment that's what's up (laughs) david dave's got his part down (laughs) 